This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Last night was all about getting it out and getting it off your chest, and it felt good for me. I hope it felt as good for the people who listened. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Our guys won a bit. Our guys were ready to play. They were excited. We were all very. We were. We were all really just looking forward to getting the games going because you know all, there's a lot going on. There's 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 just a lot of stuff that you you do deal with um, in the postseason that you don't normally have to deal with. But I don't think any of it got in the way from our guys just worrying about going out there and playing the game. And and we did. We went out there. We did our absolute best, like we do every single night. And. Um, this happened to be the result, but it doesn't change. Uh, it doesn't change anything. That was this was this was our absolute best effort, and nothing got in the way. Yeah, of it. I don't know. If that's I don't know if that's true. That was Rocco Baldelli after the Twins got beat a couple nights ago. We're still we're still coping and putting this to bed because Judd Zolgad was just at Target Field, where uh, Twins brass spoke to the media. They didn't confirm the Nelson Cruz news or the Derek Falvey news. Is that fair to say, Judd? That yes, came out today. That is correct. So ESPN reporting the Twins obvious move they did exercise the 12 million dollar option on nelson cruz's 2020 contract so he's coming back unless uh espn is wrong and uh, also Derek falvey it sounds like he's close to a multi-year extension as the president of baseball operations for does, the twins. does that mean somebody approached Derek falvey and he, and he got a little leverage and he came back to red the sox, twins? Or red sox. you think so the red sox are approaching a lot of people so uh in fact i think the Piece that Buster only just wrote about that because he got the scoop. Believe that had the fact that the Arizona Diamondbacks guy just got a new contract extension. So basically, Boston's casting this huge net, and teams are like, "Oh, not our guy, not yeah, our guy." Yeah, yeah. I mean, good. And yeah, not good to mention, him. like, you should like let's and, let, and Judd has some takeaways because there were some interesting back and forths between media and some questions answered today. But you know, I think it's easy to be mad at the Twins for how the season ended and for them not adding. Enough pitching at the deadline and the pitching that they did add. Well, Sam Dyson's never going to pitch in a Twins uniform because he just had shoulder surgery. But ultimately, Derek Falvey has come in here and he has completely changed the entire front office and organization. He's made a bunch of smart hires and he brought what was a toiling, mostly toiling franchise back to a hundred wins and back to an October stage that they haven't been to since 2010. So. A well-deserved contract extension. I don't know how much money he's making, but like a well-deserved contract Whatever extension it is, for Derek Fowler. It's probably well-deserved. Yeah. We don't need to know the number to know that it's well-deserved at this point. Yeah, but we'd like to know what the heck, right? I mean, oh yeah, no. If anybody knows the number. I mean, number, he's rich, so I'd, I'd like to find out. <laughs> DM Judd if you know the number. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so Slide in those DMs. The, no, don't. No, I, I don't. No, no. I don't need people. I'm too old for that. Actually, just... Just email. Just tweet me. Or Do you want snail me. mail? Is that how you want your news? I prefer. Is that it. how you want your tipsters? I can send us. You know what? I know how to get a stamp. Yeah, where is? is I know how to get a stamp. Where's Deep Throat going? Is it? Is it DMs? By the or way, is before snail we start, mail? did yes. you ever figure out a couple weeks back your stamp conundrum? No. 
Wait, hold on a second. Your Declan, gr- Declan said he was bringing me a stamp, but he your, never did. I thought your uh, girlfriend was... I never saw her. My trip back to Wisconsin got canceled. So you still, to this day... It's still sitting is on, this, on my... This, on is my on, this is one of the greatest... Like, I get... I don't want to buy First a whole, of all, you're not even the youth. You're I don't 40. Buy a whole bu- a you're whole, a man. A whole book of stamps to send one thing? People, who uses the mail anymore? What's this again for? Uh, that you're trying to mail? It's a tax form that I... <laughs> Like, think about this, Mel. Like, I your, signature. Your inability to find a stamp to your price like His incompetence. preventing you from... Makes my incompetence look not so incompetent. Is, I'm true. supposed to buy a whole book of stamps? Is that what you're telling me? We can me? get you one stamp. Declan Listen. said he was bringing me a stamp. He never did. Declan didn't... This is on Declan at this point. I'm not exactly Mr. Responsible <laughs> as a guy who once had his car repossessed from the work parking lot during a show. Because you didn't read your snail mail. But... But I think we need to have some sort of a Rami Judd challenge of just normal, basic things in life. Do you want me to get you a stamp? I, like, mean, I can get you a stamp. If you have one to spare, hmm. I wouldn't buy it. This Jeff, is unbelievable. Jeff, what did you learn at Target oh. Field today? Besides the fact that Oh, the Rami other report I was going to bring up was, um, was the there's a, a report now that I believe the Pittsburgh Pirates, um, that Derek Shelton, the Twins bench coach, is on th- their list as well. Yeah. They're going to lose a coach for sure, right? They probably will. They're going to lose probably Rousen or Shelton, and Shelton's my guess. Yeah. All right, what I learned, I've got four things. Well, five, but you you brought up the fact that uh, Cruz's, um, Cruz's, I think it's $12 million option yeah, was he's, exercised today. Those cheap pull ads are paying Nelson well, Cruz actually, less in 2020. Actually, that was explained. That that was explained uh, <laughs> thus. Cheap pull, yeah, because the pull ads That are cheap. was explained, yeah, 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 because the pull ads are cheap. No, the explanation was, was that the agent... Cruz's people wanted a two-year contract, but they they wanted the contract to be basically paid as much up front as possible, and so they got as much as they could in year one and took the two-year, I think it was 26 total, and took the second year at less because they, they... Wanted more money in 2019. Yeah, it's it's 14 and 12. It's basically they, a one year. Con- it's basically basically take your pick, 12 and 14 or 14 and 12. Yeah, well, he's he was more because it's a is it a team option or a mutual option? Team option. Team option. Okay, so he was more he was more likely to be good in the first year Correct. based on his age, and, that and was they a, wanted to protect against the team saying, "Ah, eh, we're good on that second. And that year. was that was the Cruz camp, not the Twins. Okay. So Nelson Cruz will come back for less money because the poll ads are cheap. Yep. That's what you okay. Said. That's okay. how we're going to start off. Okay. They should pay him more just because he's worth more and because they have the money. And you know what? They did that with, wait, 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 wait. Phil yep. will attest. They did that with Phil Hughes. Uh, no, you know what? He signed the contract. I'm could. I'm fine with that. They did actually. Phil Hughes didn't he come like one third of an inning yes. away from a big five hundred thousand dollar bonus, and the game got like rain delayed or like something re- really weird happened. And they and they said it that we will have you come in in relief in Detroit to get one out, and Hughes said no. And that was during his first contract with the Twins, and the contract was a really good contract. Like, it was just fine. And the Twins were like, oh, we love you so much. We're going to tear it up and give you a new deal. Oh, that and new deal. Okay. Yeah, I'm talking about the fact the first that part of it, yeah. Nelson Cruz agreed to this contract, so let's just let Nelson Cruz make 12 mil in 2020 and be fine with it. Cheap. All cheap, right. cheap, Paul. That's cheap, cheap. Four more takeaways from today's right. press conference. And I'm going to go uh, um, starting with four because it's not. And then I'm going to build up. So, crescendo. This, so the first one is the least important takeaway of it the is. next four that are coming. Correct. Okay. It's going to go number four. In, in fact, drum roll. Do baseball you want a drum music. Roll? No, we need oh, some baseball, baseball music. Like okay. this, this week in baseball oh, or this week something. In baseball's music. So dun, 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 dun. I, I mean, I don't even know if we have. Uh, what? No, we do. Manny's played it before. We got it. Yeah, this one. All right, that's fine. Okay. This works. All right. Item number four from Twins 
postseason access today. Jose Barrios would have gotten the ball in game four. It would not have been Gratterall. It would not have been a bullpen game. They wouldn't have tried to get cute. Jose Barrios had actually thrown on the side on Monday and was prepared to start game four if there had been one. Of course, the rest of these series are now all going to five games, and the Twins got swept in three. Did anybody ask what they would have done in a game five? Because that's where I read, that's where I had the biggest question mark. It actually would have been you. Oh, Rami McLaughlin would have gotten the ball. Now I'm even more disappointed. They told me that they thought that you were throwing really well. I was ready to go, man. Dude, the, last night the Rays ran out a random they they right. ran out a random series of relievers against a Hall of Famer and they smoked him. Justin Verlander. I bet my house and night. car at the end of yesterday's show that Justin Verlander would win that game. I've <laughs> lost up. them both. Pay up. I've lost. <laughs> Where them are you both. sleeping tonight? And how are you getting there? <laughs> Who exactly did you make this wager? A with? bar stool at Bunnies. Uh, I told no. I actually told you because oh. you said your so car I'm, too. I now, Don't you remember that? I'm now a homeowner. You now have my nice and and you got. My car, if I could just get one back, I'll, I'll take the car back. I'll just sleep. Yeah, I'll let, the car. I'll let you keep the car. Thank you very much. I'm gracious. Number three, and I say, and I'm going to tell you what the headline is here, and then I'm going to give you a slight conspiracy theory on this. Rocco Baldelli made it very clear that Miguel Sano will remain at third base next season. He left the door open that he could play some first, but he did that in 2019, okay. right? So, Rocco Baldelli said Miguel Sano will play third base. Rocco said, and I'm not lying here, that he enjoys watching Sano throw the baseball because he's got a cannon for an arm. He does. And said he moves fine going back and forth. <laughs> Didn't bring up the lateral because that's not, not so good. To which then Royce said, well, just don't try him in right field and that's fine. To which Rocco <laughs> said, what are you talking about? Completely sincere, had no idea. Oh my god! To which Falvey, oh my god. to which Falvey looked at Rocco and said, "There's a history there. We didn't tell you about it." Oh my god! Wow! Rocco wow. was completely, but it wasn't awkward because it was really casual. But Rocco was like, "What? What are you talking about?" And he's like, "Yeah." He, and then Rocco said, "Well, if he just has to run in Dude, a straight line, it's not too bad." That is to which amazing. we all could have said, "Yeah," but when he had to go right to left, it got bad. Okay, so here's my here's my quick conspiracy theory off this. Are they in lockstep because they really plan on Miguel Sano for the time being remaining at third base, gentlemen? Or is that because you're not going to say he might move to first base if his name is going to come up in any trade talks at all? Yeah, there's no reason. There's like no you reason wouldn't move to him pu- off that position. Correct. There's no reason right now on October 9th to publicly say anything other than he's a third baseman. Let's yeah. keep his value high. And like that's a conversation that you're not going to really visit until yeah. I don't know, January, February with him anyways, right? Yeah, why, why would you say, yeah, you know what, he's going to be a TH, his value is really plummeting. There's really no nothing to gain by saying that today. Uh, I just pulled up a list here. I just want to make sure that this is uh, this is right. So I'm going to go, let's go, of all third basemen who have played at least uh, 500 innings at third. So when did Miguel Sano come in the league? 2015, right? That was his first yes. partial yep. year. July, uh, July of 2015, yes, okay. that's right. He got called up. Yep. So uh, parts of five years in the big leagues. Actually, this is coming up slow. I'll get it for you later in your list. Okay, okay. All right. Item number two. It was made very clear that the Twins are going to take yet another shot at telling young Byron Buxton to cool off crashing into fences and diving for baseballs. But it was also made very clear by the brass and by Rocco that telling him to do it does not mean he will listen. But here's where I think they're hoping it finally works. All right? This is where they are yeah, clearly we've hoping. Yeah, heard this before. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And, and and we know we confirmed that this was a team that purposely positioned him deeper at one point 
so that if he crashed into the fence, it wouldn't be Less at such momentum. a high speed. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So we know that they've actually tried this before. <laughs> this is not new. I love that they couldn't get him to stop running into walls. So they were like, let's get him to run into walls less hard. Yeah, but then the problem, <laughs> if you remember, the problem occurred in Cleveland in July when he raced in, raced in dove and forward, dove for ball and, and concussed himself. And, and tore his shoulder out of the socket. So, so but here's where I think they're hoping it, it works. They are hoping it works because they also said this is going to be a winter of rehab. And this is going to take a lot of time. And while they expect him to be prepared for spring training, he is not going to be able to enjoy his off season and his winter months. So I think what they're hoping is this guy, and, and he got the sling off, I think, when they got back from the Bronx. So the sling is off. But this is going to take a lot of time and effort. And so in their mind, the payoff to him finally realizing that crashing into fences or coming in and diving for balls will not be a good idea when he is going through rehab this winter instead of enjoying it. Okay. So, I mean, I don't even know, like, there's not a fix for this. You either, you can either sense where the wall is or you can't. You know, there's no But he doesn't care where the wall is. There's no fix. But how do you get him to care where the wall is? That's the thing. He can sense it. He's a crazy NFL free safety. Yeah. Playing baseball. He's that guy who, like... Who just keeps on murdering people in the secondary? And he's Andrew Sandejo and, and, yes. and concussing himself. I'm with Ronnie. I think and he's you right. keep telling him, like, dude, you're going to kill yourself or somebody else. You have to stop. And he just doesn't know any other way to play the game. He's Andrew Sandejo. He's he a human be, missile. He could be if the wall had feelings suspended. <laughs> <laughs> You definitely hurt the last time, Buxton. Amazing. Uh, Real quick, I did find some Miguel Sano numbers here if you guys want them. So, 86 third basemen since Miguel Sano came into the league. 86 third basemen have played at least 500 innings at third base. Okay? Ultimate zone rating takes into context your range. It also takes into context, I believe, throwing errors and different. It takes into context a lot of different things. All right? Miguel Sano, out of 86 third basemen defensively, over that stretch, rates 74th in terms of yeah. defensive plus-minus in the UZR yeah. category. That makes sense. 74th. But that's not... If you watched him play, that does not surprise you, right? No, I mean, he's, he's got a howitzer for an arm, but if you can't pick up the ball... Well, that, that play that he made in Game 3... Ended a, ended a rally and probably saved the Twins a couple of runs. Right, but, but that was coming in. Again, that's, that's what he's what very good said. at. It's the side-to-side range that he has issues with. And I could point to at least two or three plays in that series, side-to-side type plays, that half the league, if not more, field those balls and throw them over to first base or start a double play, and he just he can't move. Mm -hmm. He can't get there. But darn it, he's playing third base, guys. He's playing third base, and nothing's going to change that. I'm okay with it. For what the guy brings with the bat, I don't think people really realize how good that bat is. Right, but it should be at first base or or DH, ultimately. It's going to have to be. It's only for a year. After next right, year, Nelson Cruz moves on, and and Miguel Sano is your DA. I'm I'm with them though on saying that he's going to play third base as long as possible because that keeps up a perception that's probably pretty important to keep up. Yeah. If he gets shopped, and you say, "Well, yeah, you got a DH," teams are going to be like, "Yeah, he's a DH." Yeah. But if you're like, "No, no, you should see the arm on the Buxton front," I'm okay with a hundred games of Byron Buxton if it's a hundred, and, and I'm not paying him twenty million yet. Like, I mean, he's he's right. still on his he's still on his uh, you know his entry level contract. He'll be arbitration eligible again, but he's only making a couple million dollars. If he wants to play a hundred games, and but you need a viable fourth outfielder. It can't be Jake Cave as his main backup. That's what, well, if, if, if Buxton crashes into a fence, I need, I need like Gerard Dyson or somebody to step in an actual 
a guy who's been out there before. Billy Hamilton? I would take that. Billy Hamilton's your number eight hitter, number nine hitter. But I would rather have Billy Hamilton play, you know, 50 or 100 games if needed than Jay Cave. I think I'm with you. Terrence Gore? No. I want nothing to do with that guy. I just like to bring up Terrence Gore's name to Rob. He Robert. looks so like he's fun. 12 and he hits like he's 10. So, no, I'm good. I'm good without Terrence Gore. Where are we at in your list here? Are we to number one yet? We're, we are to okay. number one. The I headline. Your list. The here headline. See, it's so seamless. I know. You forgot. I know. Question asked by Lavelle E. Neal, answered by Derek Falvey. Lavelle E. Neal of the Star Tribune. Question. Just how high are you going to aim to bring in a top quality pitcher? Okay. That, that folks, is juicy. Derek Falvey says, in free agency, we are going to have a lot of conversations with a lot of players who are freely available to talk to. But we also are going to talk to a lot of clubs about players that are on other teams and potential trade targets for us. So I would say that I can't say put a number on where a guy is or what that means, but we are going to target impact pitching. End quote from Derek Falvey. Okay. Now, that, now, the, the, that last quote is the first two parts of that are just like, well, we're going to talk to teams yes. and talk to free agents. But this, but for him to say that at the end is that means we are going to target impact pitching. Now, here's my question: It is th- this is a time of year when you say that. I mean, that sounds good. That's a smart thing to say. Your fans like that. My question for both of you is: How much are you buying that, and what does it mean to you when he says impact pitching? They're not going to sign Garrett Cole. I agree with that. They're not going to pay like $25, $30 million for Garrett Cole. Did he say they're going to sign impact pitching? What was it? He said they're going to target impact pitching, right? He said they're going to talk to guys on the open market, but also look at potential trades. So not how they're going to. I think they'll attempt to sign Garrett Cole. I think they will be one of the teams who reach out and say, hey, we're interested in his services. What's the going price? Do you think they're going to be successful? No. Okay. That's where I'm at. No. Like they're not going to sign Garrett Cole. I don't think. They'll I make don't a phone think. Call. I don't think it's out of the question. It's not a to borrow a Derek Wetmoreism. It's not a non-zero chance. Okay. That Garrett Cole signs with the Twins. Well, to play off that point, we don't really know what. I mean, they, they've been aggressive. We know that they offered a hundred plus million dollars to you, Darvish. We know that they're willing to pay fifteen, twenty million dollars a year for players. They offered twenty-three million, uh, at least in one of the two years that they. But they ponied up for Craig Kimbrell, so they're they're definitely willing to splash a little bit. I just don't know if they're going to splash in the Garrett Cole pool with like five other teams. But there's two names on the free agent market that I'm really interested in seeing how much money and how many years they get, and if the Twins are in on these guys. Cole Hamels is 36 years old, so he's not the same guy he was five years ago. But Cole Hamels can still get some outs. He pitched for your Cubs this last year, very up and down. He had a, a really good stretch, then a really bad stretch, and some health problems along the way, but. It was a very roller coaster season for Cole yeah. Hamels. And Madison Bumgarner, the guy that we talked about all summer long and was on the trade block, well, now he's a free agent. He's probably going to get $20 million from somebody. I don't know how many years it's going to be, but I think I think their rotation next year is Jose Barrios, Jaco Dorizzi comes back, and then I think they bring in from outside the organization, either via trade or via free agent signing, I think they bring in at least two starting pitchers, and then that fifth spot is just open for... Gratterall or somebody, yeah, Uber driver Dobnak or I think Devin right. Smeltzer or something. I, I think it's two guys. Yeah, what I don't know is is the names, and and they will call uh, Garrett Cole for sure. I don't think they have a shot there, but I do think that they would pay. Do you think they don't have a shot because they won't pony up as much money? As I think the money's going to get. I think the money's going to okay. get. I, I think it's going to get ridiculous. It's more the years, you know. It's like well, he's but just get, the whole contract. I, I think is going to be. You look at the way free agent spending has been in baseball lately. You really think a thirty-year-old pitcher the spending is going to get ridiculous? I think the 
Angels might, yes. Jake Arrieta and you Darvish both went into spring training without a team two years ago. Gear Cole, I, I think, is the next step up, and his season's been ridiculously phenomenal. Because those two names make sense, but Garrett Cole, to me, is going to drive a market that is going to spend stupidly. And most guys now don't. The majority of guys don't now. But if the Angels I'm go... I'm not saying you're wrong. I, I go into this saying I legitimately I don't know how the market is going to react to Garrett Cole because of what we've seen in recent years in Major League Baseball I think, free agency. I think the Angels are going to give Joe Madden a stupid contract because they want him desperately and assure him we'll, we'll get Garrett Cole. And when their owner wants to spend, he spends. This is the same guy who got no, what? Pools, pool holes. Um, the kid from Texas who signed DJ Wilson. Yeah, this is a guy that spends. Hamilton. Yes, they signed Hamilton. I think he's gonna get. I think he's he's going to single handedly go out and get Madden and tell him I'll get to Garrett Cole. Yeah. Well, we can. You know who we? He's probably not. We're already in free agency mode, but. It's not even the, the ALCS, NLCS round yet. Jason Stark is probably Everyone more engaged than the actual playoffs. Well, that's, that's the thing that would be really... If you're a Twins fan right now and you're looking at what the Rays did yes. coming back in that series... I decided I'm not watching the rest of the division series. You're I'm just, just done. Not, I'm just taking a break from it's baseball until the CS starts. I can't blame you, but the Game 5s are, <laughs> game fives are fun to watch. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think uh, there's a Game 5 that might have just fired up here. Yeah, we'll probably have them on the TVs at Stella's tonight when we go and do a Mackie and Judd with Ronnie. Actually, we are. That's a good... Uh, yes, we are. We should we should talk about that for a second. That's because what I was setting you up for. We're going to be hanging out at Stella's Fish Cafe <laughs> in Rami's neck of the woods. I think oh, Rami's patting us <laughs> up on the back for the radio, the professional radio transition to the setup for the fact that I'm going drinking after work. If you want to hang out with us at Stella's tonight, we're going to be doing a special podcast edition of Mackie and Judd with Whoa. Rami Whoa. from 6.30 to uh, 8.30. Right now, St. Louis is up 5 to nothing oh, in the top of the first on. on Atlanta with the bases loaded. Oh. And they just knocked another run or two in, so this game's probably over. Oh, Nevich, seven rip. Woo-hoo. We'll uh, we'll talk to Jason Stark from the Athletic and MLB Network when we come back here, and later on we've got anonymous quotes about Kirk Cousins to get to from ESPN.com. But uh, if you're a business owner out there and you are interested in an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate challenges and problems. Well, Federated Mutual Insurance Company is the place to go. Federated, a Minnesota-based company going back to the early 1900s and a place that has a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. You can find out more about Federated and all the industries that Federated protects at federatedinsurance.com. And also just know when you work with Federated, you're working with a great culture and great people. In fact, for the second year in a row, Federated Insurance was named a top 150 workplace by the Star Tribune. The people of Federated Insurance are some of the best in the industry, and they are committed to helping your business and also serving our community. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. What a a buzzkill. The the first of three game fives, and now St. Louis is up 10 to nothing Ah. in the first inning on Atlanta. 10 to nothing in the first inning. The TCL TV looks great, but the game stinks. My goodness. Matt I, choose Judd. To, I choose to not accept that this is happening. <laughs> Anti-Cardinals Rami. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. Jason Stark from The Athletic and MLB Network. He is a Hall of Fame baseball writer. And uh, we have a lot of Twins-Yankees stuff to flush out with you. But 10 to nothing in the first inning of this Game 5, Jason. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've been traveling all day. I was really looking forward to this game. I turned on the TV, and I'm just like everybody else in America saying, what the hell's happening? Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, there's never been a 10-run first inning in any postseason game, so just in case you were wondering. Hmm. Well, Atlanta's got some. Yeah, they got Atlanta's got twenty-seven outs to play with here. Though. Did you just have that up your sleeve, Jason, or did you look that up when you saw that Atlanta was up ten to nothing? Do you just walk around with knowledge like that, ready to pull it out at a moment's notice? I like I do have a lot of weird stuff rattling around my brain, but I I saw that on Twitter. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. I, I I could I could really take credit for just knowing every stupid fact ever, but I'm not going to do that. I would. I'm just not that guy. I definitely would. Oh, this is so disappointing, <laughs> I know Jason. Many Stark. stupid facts, though. <laughs> no, they're not stupid. They're great. I prove every week. I know many stupid facts. That's not true, Jason. They're not stupid. They're fantastic. Uh your your right. thoughts. Your thoughts on, on the fact that the um, AL and NLDS, obviously you got uh, you got four series going and three of them are still going. And the team that we watch here on a consistent basis uh, has now lost 16 consecutive postseason games, 13 to the Yankees, all our records. And uh, if you are a, a Twins fan, the past week was, well, very, very uh, depressing, I guess is the right word. Yeah, like how, how do you get stuck in the same movie, <laughs> right? You go to the movies, it's always the same movie. <laughs> Every time you go, that's what it feels like. And uh, I mean, I it, I've been kind of in a funny position because I'm covering the other American League series, so like I'm always working when those games are going on. Um, but it's just been hard to fathom what just happened. The Twins have never had a 16 game regular season losing streak since they moved to Minnesota. So what are the odds of having a 16-game postseason winning streak? I wouldn't think they're very good. Uh, I should tell you guys my proposal on uh, on our Starkville podcast this week, which is once a century, you should get to opt out of the traditional seating. Like the seating comes out, and you should you should be able to say once a century, I'm not playing that team again. <laughs> we want to play the Tigers. What do you think? You like this rule? I think the Twins and Twins fans would would like that rule. Though I'm still of the mindset of no, every I don't want the Twins to go to the playoffs next year and play anyone other than the Yankees. Really, keep playing the Yankees until you beat the Yankees at this stage. You're That's right, man. Yeah, man, it's it's absurd. Beat- You're still at that stage in Groundhog's Day where Bill Murray isn't tired of waking up. To I'm the driving same thing my truck day. off the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm jumping off a building. In Groundhog's Day, right, it didn't end the same right, in the end. So it, I guess you could say that that's good precedent, but it is Hollywood. It's not real. There is that. You know, A.J. Pazinski said to me the other day, might have been yesterday, all these days are running together. He said, you know, the last time the Twins won a playoff game in Minnesota, I played in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, 2002. Like all these things are just mind-boggling. Jason, yeah. are, are the Yankees that just that much better than the Twins? Because coming into the series, I thought these were two closely matched teams. That's not what it looked like on the field. Do we just chalk this up to baseball is weird, or are the Yankees that much better than the Twins? Well, the, the Yankees are they're great. I think, I don't know if I would say they're better than the Twins. They're clearly deeper than the Twins. And you know what money buys? Money buys depth. And not that the Twins have a 
thirty million dollar payroll like yesteryear. I mean, they have a they have a real representative payroll. But the Yankees do depth better than any team does depth. So when the Twins suddenly had some issues and Pineda gets suspended, Martin Perez turns back into Martin Perez. Kyle Gibson's got issues. Uh, you know, like they have answers. And the Twins didn't have those answers. And then it felt like from there, I mean, just – I'm viewing this from afar, guys. So I, I hate to read into this, but just listening to the sort of sound bites and the quotes, it didn't really feel like somehow or other, somewhere along the line in Yankee Stadium, that stage just got too big. Yeah. Yes. And they in the, in the entire time – the entire time – they talked about the series leading up to it. It was all about this is not our history. We don't own this history. This is this is our own path to to create. But a well, well two two things. A it's your history now because now you're part of it. But B there's no way that people asking you questions on a regular basis about it and you you can sense the nervous energy from fans, right? I mean Dave St. Peter came on our show and said it's time to slay the dragon. I mean like, well, He's acknowledging that there is a dragon to be slayed, right? Like it's it's impossible for all of that outside noise to not creep in to some extent. As much as they said, "Hey, this is this history is not ours." Yeah, you know, um, I was at the famous slash infamous Steve Barton game at Wrigley Field, and I'll never forget the experience of being there because uh, you know I've been I was not sitting in the main press box; I was sitting out in the in the auxiliary box among the crowd, and now. You know, the seventh inning stretch came along, and people were singing. They were they were smiling. They were hugging their loved ones. They knew they were going to the World Series. And then that happened. That inning happened. The Barton play happened. The Alex Gonzalez error happened. And, you know, I, like, I don't know that I believe in ghosts and curses and all that because that's just dumb. But you know what I realized? Every fan sitting in those seats – lead to that and the and the energy in the stadium changed so dramatically you feel it human beings feel that you know and so even if you try to put yourself in the bubble and you 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 know you say this isn't going to happen to me I, i don't know anything about that that doesn't affect my life then stuff happens, and the the energy force fields around you take over. I think it's unavoidable. Yeah. Is that a sensible theory? No, I think yeah. it's yeah. What it I, what I sense. what I said as as the series got going, Jason, because going in, I was buying the line that they were selling, which is which was this isn't our history, and they probably believed that at the time. But I said. Just like a pitcher who has a no hitter going, I don't think it affects him when the guy up in the booth says. Clayton Kershaw has no hitter going because Clayton Kershaw doesn't right. hear that. He doesn't think about it. But if somebody in the dugout says to Clayton Kershaw, hey, you got a no hitter going, now it's now it's in his head. Now he's heard it. And this thing that isn't really real suddenly becomes real. I think they got asked about the history so much that as soon as they found themselves down, they started thinking, uh-oh, is this real? Is what people have been asking us about really real and now it is our history? I just like I just don't know if that happened. Uh, it's it's a it's certainly a reasonable theory, 
But I've also, I, I've covered so many big games and witnessed so many gig, big games in Yankee Stadium. And, you know, sometimes the new stadium can get a little antiseptic. It was not in that series. It was, it was rough. It was rowdy. It was intimidating. I, you know, I've often, I, I always used to joke that even the Yankees had it so figured out that even the fences in the outfield would go up or down depending on who was hitting and who hit the ball. <laughs> <laughs> every ball that every ball the visiting team hit would hit right off the top of the wall, and every ball that the Yankees hit would just slip into that first row. It really like it feels like it sometimes. And uh, you have to be as big as that moment. You you just do, and I don't I don't know if the Twins were ready for that. The way those bullpen guys pitched after the way they pitched leading up to that series would suggest to you they weren't ready for that. I, I think that's exactly right. Uh, okay, Jason, now the series that you are covering, I need, I need help here as a baseball fan. Explain it to me because when I went to Tampa, I thought, oh, this thing is done. And uh, now it's going back to Houston, tied to two, and the Rays, I give them credit. But explain to me, uh, in your eyes, how we've gotten from what appeared to be an insurmountable uh, disadvantage for Tampa to now a tied series. Like, I know that nobody outside of the state of Florida could name six Rays and certainly couldn't identify six. If they sat down at the table next to you at dinner, (laughs) nobody would know who they are. But, um, like, they... They won 96 games this year playing in the AL East. That was not a mirage. And, uh, you know, you saw last, like last night, if you watched that game, uh, they, they kept bringing one great arm into the game after another. And I don't know that anybody has the collection of arms that they have. And, you know, like where they got them all is crazy. It's different. It's amazing. Um, you know, Emilio Pagan, they, look at that deal sometime. <laughs> that was the Rugnet Odor three-team deal. He was like the throw-in body that went from Oakland to Tampa Bay. And they were supposed to be doing it for the, the, the competitive balance pick and the uh, the – international signing money, and next thing they knew, they had a guy who led their team in saves. And that's what they do. And so th- let's start with that. They're way better than people think they are. And now I think about how this series has gone since Garrett Cole walked off the mound in the eighth inning of game two. It's been only one team playing. Yeah. It's incredible how the, how the Rays have just devoured the, the Astros. They can't score. Um, when they, it looks like they're going to score, they make a play. Uh, and they, I mean, they, they got homered the Astros. The Astros have, are in the midst of the second longest streak of consecutive games with a home run in the history of baseball. But the Rays, who have the fewest home runs of any American League team in the field, Brad Homeringham, and it's just been that kind of event. Now, I think Garrett Cole tomorrow night restores order because what I saw in game two, nobody was hitting that. That was incredible. Kevin Kiermaier told me, if everybody was like that, 
I would need to change professions and go like try to kick field goals or something. <laughs> and so it was. Uh, by the way, the Braves are rallying here. They're, I know they're down ten nothing in the first inning, but they've got two on, one out. As we get to the middle of the order here, I could sense a little. Uh, I'm just going to call it right now, gentlemen. This game's going to be a sweat by the time we get about two and a half hours in. Well, I would love like a 17 15 game. That would be, <laughs> That'd be, great. be fun. Especially you, if the Cardinals you, lose. That would be awesome. Checked, have you checked Jack Flaherty's last two months? No. Might want to check that. Light, lights out? The odds of him giving up 15 are not good. He looks shaky. <laughs> you never know in the postseason, Jason. Postseason pressure can get to a young man. He looks shaky right now. I don't know. Yeah. He's grooving uh, pitches. Right. I don't have this. In, I, I don't have this in front of me, but I'm guessing he might not have given up 15 runs in the entire second half. I'm looking it up right now. I know you've been traveling for the last uh, few hours. Did you happen to bring trivia to stump us with? You know what? I did have some time to kill on the plane. Wow. Oh. I do, I do, in fact, have some trivia. Wow. Look at this nice. guy. Unbelievable. Nice. Never quits. This is how you become. Hey, kids. You want to become a Hall of Fame baseball writer? This is the preparation <laughs> you, do you put in. Just Grind. quickly, quickly. last two months, Jack Flaherty, 12 games, 7 earned runs in 82 innings, an 0.77 ERA at 131 batting average against. Okay. Well, he's pitching to the scoreboard right now, it looks like. He's pulling the old Jack Morris. <laughs> pitching to the scoreboard. Yeah, I like, I, I would... People were tweeting that they shouldn't even pitch him now. Just save him for game one. <laughs> <laughs> But, I, you know, my philosophy in postseason baseball is, how about you try to win today? Yeah. You worry about the next round when yeah. the next round comes along. All right, stump us. Um, okay, we got we got trivia music. We do. Oh, let's play. Music. Yeah. Oh. Now turn it up. There it is. There you go. Turn it up. Okay. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Strings. Is that the... Nothing. Oh, it's the string section. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, since I've been watching a lot of postseason home runs, I was thinking... Who has the most postseason home runs in the history of the Twins? So I looked. And, you, you know, you have a bunch of guys with two, a, bunch, a few guys with three. There's only two guys who have hit more than three postseason homers in the life of the franchise. So why don't you try to name those th- those two guys? Two guys with three or more postseason home runs more in Twins no, history. Four or more. Four, four, or, more. four okay, or more. Okay, four or Total career postseason okay. homers. Well, okay. so the, so just Judd, I think the '60s Twins only went to one, right? They played no, in the '65 World Series. Kill, no, Killebrew went in '65, and, and then they went back to back when the American League broke into divisions in '69 ah. and '70. They were swept by Baltimore both times, but Killebrew actually played in, then in the World Series, and in if if he was healthy, he played in two American League Championship Series. So we got to guess Harmon Killebrew then, right? Yes. Mm. Well, we, I'm, I'm comfortable with that guess. Yeah. I'm comfortable. Yeah, I mean, we went down, we went down swinging right. literally. Yeah. You threw your ace. You threw your ace. Yeah. Right. All right. Uh, well, he, he he played he played in many games, but he he topped that at three home runs mm. in the postseason as a twin. Mm. Did uh, this is a question for the room? Yeah, I was going to say Kirby or Kent Herbeck Kent? between eighty-seven and ninety-one. Kent Herbeck hit the huge home run in Game Six on the Saturday afternoon game at the Metrodome. He played in the eighty-seven playoffs and the ninety-one playoffs. It's another logical guess. I don't remember ninety. I don't remember his production in ninety one okay, as well. Let's guess Kent Herbeck. And and I'm trying to think of like the two thousands twins. Are there Mono any, barely played in the playoffs. I was say, Mauer there any didn't covered? do anything in the playoffs. There's no current and twins. Herbeck also hit three. Okay, so close. Well, Jason. I mean, Kirby Puckett would be the other obvious guess. So that was, that's what I was going to say. Kirby. 
Yeah. There we go. Okay. We could, but we yeah, would have led with that. One. All right. Number one was five. I'm trying to think of other. Uh, so there, I mean, like so Tom, we got two. Tom Bernanski didn't play in the '91 World Series, right? And so there's two more to name. I mean, like, did there's one more to name. One more or one more. They have one more guy. Is there any accumulation of those early of those 2000? I mean, because they kept going to playoffs. Yeah, but they were, they were such quick games. I know. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Corey Koski. Corey Koski. Oh, I like it. Oh. All right, we're done. Yeah, let's just just, yeah. just give Cor- us the answer. Corey Koski hit. Corey Koski hit one postseason number. It's the same era as Kirby. Okay, so Gaetti. 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 No, he didn't play in any one. Yeah, he didn't play in any one. He hit three. Hey, Mac. No, 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 no. Chuck Knobloch. Gla- D- Danny Gladden? Oh, Danny had a big home run. I love I love Wrench. Chip Hale. Jeff Revelay. Roy Smalley? Oh, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Mike Pallirulo. Wait, stop. Scott Lance. Stop this. Stop the insanity. Stop the insanity. Chili Davis. I really don't know. <laughs> Brian Harper. Bright's Brian Harper. One of these postseasons. If I remember right, it, it felt like this guy hit a big postseason homer like every you know every couple of days. Hmm, Not yeah, normally known for his home run ability, however. I got nothing. I got nothing either. Big. We just named everybody. I thought <laughs> we just named like the I, whole roster. I, Greg Gagne. I, yeah, no. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> no what? <laughs> I know you said Gagney. You jokingly I, said him. Oh, I thought you jokingly said him. Greg Gagney. <laughs> oh. he, he hit four of them. Wow. And uh, I looked I looked him up. Let's take a, take another look here. Hold on. I feel robbed on Killerbrew. Uh, Killerbrew should have been. Gagney. Okay, 1987, he hit one in game three of the ALCS and hit one in game four of the ALCS and hit another one in game four of the World Series. Wow. That was a blowout loss. And then hit one in the 91 World Series in game one. Amazing. Greg Gagne. Greg well, Gagne. there it is. Well, right. we failed miserably. I, I, wanted hard, I really wanted Killer Bird to be, be on the answers. Yeah. All right. That's really hard. Yeah, that, 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 was, that, that was evil. That is Jason Stark. Hey. On the athletic. You looked up trivia on the plane. No rules there then, Jason. We appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, there, the, the uh, flight attendants made no announcements about, you know, Stop looking up trivia. You need to land. Sir, you're going to have to put your trivia away. <laughs> All right, Jason. We'll, put, we'll, put your trivia tray up, please. We'll talk to you during the LCS round next week. See ya. That's good, man. Hang in there. All right, yeah, Jason we Stark we from will. the Athletic and MLB Network. And uh, that was uh, Greg Gagne. Who would have thought? Wow. So this is uh, yeah, what happened it. to that rally you were talking about. I just turned around and the Cardinals are up yeah. to bat and it's still 10 to it's nothing. It's still 10 nothing. That yeah, was not well, much of a rally. It's a good segue for what's on uh, the TCL TV here. <laughs> and it's a blowout. It's 10 nothing. Actually, that would have been the optimal strategy. Put put Flaherty, I don't know, why would you start one of your best starting pitchers or your best starting pitcher in a 10 nothing game? Save him for game one. But here I we agree are. with Jason. Slam that door. <laughs> Leave no doubt. <laughs> be done. Yeah. You wouldn't bullpen this? Well, TCL is America's fastest growing TV brand, and you can step into any major local retailer here in the Twin Cities and find out why. Just go stare at one. It's amazing picture quality, 4K resolution. You get the built-in Roku device giving you access to 5,000-plus Judd is staring at ours right now, like, really intently. I'm not blinking either. Like, creepily creepily staring. Over the top of his glasses. Yes. Yes. Uh, you can stop in to any major local retailer, like I said, or go to TCLUSA.com. Find out why TCL is America's fastest-growing TV brand. 
Jonathan here with the Score North Download. This download brought to you by Tondrick Financial. Minnesota United's first ever MLS playoff match is on Sunday, October 20th, as Minnesota United does battle with the LA Galaxy at Allianz Field. Exclusive pre-sale opportunities start tomorrow before tickets go on sale to the general public on Friday at 2 p.m. To find out more about exclusive pre-sale opportunities, visit mnufc.com. Vikings were taught, or Zimmer was at the podium today during his weekly press conference and he was talking about, uh, he was asked about Kirk Cousins' comments last night on his podcast about him playing a lot better in New York because he was a little ticked off. Here's what Zimmer had to say about that. Mike, uh, Kirk on his radio show last night said he thought he played with more fire and more of an edge uh, against the Giants and that he feels like he plays better when he does that. Did you notice that at all Sunday and do you agree that he plays better when he's maybe a little bit ticked off or, or on edge? I don't know if I knew that was I'd take him off myself. I don't know, and I didn't listen to his radio show, so um, whatever he says, I, it's fine with me. I'll take him off. I'll take him off myself. You know so. who that was? Yeah, it was Michael Rand. Mike Rand. Rand Ball went and made a special trip to Egan to get that quote. God bless <laughs> Mikey. great quote. That's great. your score download. Now okay. Back to Mackie, Judith, Rami. Mike, for my, Mike. My, I was going to ask you guys, and I think my question was answered by the tone of Mike Zimmer's voice. I'll ask it anyways. How do you guys think Mike Zimmer feels about Kirk Cousins having a radio show? Well, he said it last week. I think he should get off the podcast. (laughs) I think he said everything he needed to say last week, don't you guys? He's like, no, I did not hear his radio show. I think Mike Zimmer just prefers they talk as little as possible in public. Yeah, Like everybody involved with the Minnesota Vikings just talk to us and everybody else as little as they possibly can. (laughs) Can I ask you guys... In And I get it. Kirk's an adult, and I'm sure he gets paid to do that show. But in all candidness, does it do Kirk any good to have that? Like, no. it, like if you're a really popular, gregarious athlete, I think yep. it can help, right? Oh, man, they, did, did you hear what so-and-so said? He's funny yeah. or something. Like, like Tom Brady, have a radio show. Yeah, exactly. But do you guys think it does Kirk Cousins any... Is there anything he can say where you're like, no, I'm really glad Kirk said that? No, I think in general, if your status as a manager, a coach, a general manager, or a quarterback... If your status is anything other than, yep, that guy is the man and no one's going to, nothing's going to knock him off his perch except maybe age, right? If you've already carved your place, do a weekly radio show. If you haven't, <laughs> it gets uncomfortable. I'm not saying don't do it. Like he can do whatever he wants, especially Mackie and Judd with Rami. Like yeah. they should definitely, definitely for sure. Do Absolutely. Rami, for sure. But like that'd be good for them. It can only be uncomfortable for him because he's only going to like that game against the Bears. What are you supposed to talk about? So I guess you're supposed to have Adam Thielen on and apologize to him, right? So it worked out well for him in that case because it went national and Adam Thielen had a great game in the uh, following week. But I don't think I don't know, that man. made anybody look at Kirk Cousins like, yeah, man, that apology was totally necessary. Because right. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 he had Adam Thielen connected for a big day. I don't think anybody went... Oh yeah, that's what that's why he apologized. Now it all makes sense. And I don't think Kirk knows really what to say. So like, okay, if Thielen's gonna come on your show and you, you wanna sort of talk about what went wrong or you know, I'm disappointed and that's fine. But the apology crosses this weird line that you don't need to cross. Yeah. It's like Ryan Clark said, that wasn't for that wasn't a, an apology for Adam Thielen's sake. That was for us. That was for people that was for media and fans. But now he's saying I'm playing mad. So are are we now to deduct since he isn't mad after the Giants game because he doesn't get crap that he's gonna come back against yeah. the Eagles on Sunday and not play mad, and then we're gonna be like, Why didn't you play mad? 
Like, there's nothing he says that I'm that I say to myself. I, you know what? If I'm the team, I'm really glad I heard that publicly. Yeah, there's also some positions in sports that you just like. I don't want my, I don't want my quarterback playing mad. I don't want. You know what? I probably don't want my NASCAR driver to be driving mad. Like, I want level headedness <laughs> out of certain positions. I'm so sports. upset. I'm going to take this car. <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't know. Like, does he? So does he? Is he one of those guys that needs external motivation to play well? Because if so, that's probably not. And by the way, there should be enough external motivation by your record in some of these situations against good teams, against winning teams in prime time, where you shouldn't need to get mad. But here we are, I guess. I Mike, just love. I love, the, I love the fact Rand drove out to that press conference <laughs> to ask that one question. Did he just get up afterwards? Like, well, all I'm right, sure he did. I'm good to go. Well, he got a, he got a good response. <laughs> he got the desired response. Thanks, everybody. I'm good to go now. Peace out. That's I'm, it for me. I'm out of here. That's all, folks. Um, just a reminder, Rami brought it up a little bit earlier. We, tonight, if you're listening to us right now, maybe you're on your way, I don't know, to Uptown, because that's where you live. Like, Rami lives in the area over yes, there. Yes, sir. We're going to be at Stella's Fish Cafe tonight. Mackie and Jeb with Rami from 6.30 until 8.30 hanging out. I haven't out. been. That's one of the spots in my neighborhood. You've been to Stella's? I've been wanting to check out. Oh, some good food, yeah. too. That's yeah. what I hear. Good little rooftop area. That's what I understand. And we're going to be doing a live podcast taping mm-hmm. of Mackie and Jeb with Rami. And uh, we also have some just some swag, some stuff to give away tonight. And uh, I don't know, maybe if you're lucky, Rami will clank a claw with you. I don't know. Just too expense. Yeah. Drinks. Uh, well, we'll talk about that. <laughs> okay. Because if we could express, expense drinks... Then I'd have to expense the Uber home. So I mean, we're talking about a, uh, we're talking about a forty dollar night or so. That's the great. That. That's the great thing about this remote. I'm going to park my car yeah, in I, my apartment building, yeah. walk over and do whatever I want, and then walk home. And a boy, yes, sir. And watch highlights of the Cardinals' eventual twenty-one nothing victory over that the Braves. Won't be it's happening. eleven to nothing, by the way. This is embarrassing. In the second inning, it was ten nothing in the first inning. If you're hoping for if the Twins could have got five. to a game five, if I told you, if I had told you, okay, boys, no sweep, and you're going to get to five, but you're going to go to the Bronx and get drilled, or you get swept, do you take the trade off? Yes. Yeah, because <laughs> at least you're at least you're not yeah. losing sixteen. Yeah, straight it's games. so sad, but yes, it's yeah, true. absolutely. By the way, did you say earlier that uh, Danny Cunningham would be joining us at Stella's today? Yeah, he well, he lives like across the street, right? Yeah, I know. I don't. I don't know that I want to invite Danny Cunningham to our podcast. Oh, really? Yes, really. Oh, I saw this last night. This got ugly. I go to walk my dog last night. I get home. I immediately put my dog on the leash, walk out the door. I walk out my building and smiling and waving at me at the restaurant, right literally across the street from my apartment, are my supposed friends and co-workers, Danny Cunningham and Declan Goff. Just, hey, 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 Rami, how you doing? Were they sitting outside? No, they were sitting right in a window. They could see me Those right two out a window. Have become Ralph and Potsy, too. Never, never said, hey, Rami, Inseparable. Right, having dinner right, right across this. I'm just saying, like. Well, and then they tweeted out, nice to see your dog yeah. walking. Yeah, Declan said, human. really nice to see Osgood with his human. Yeah. <laughs> Osgood looks great. <laughs> human looks like he needs to uh, go potty. <laughs> so if I'm not invited when they're out in Uptown, I don't know why Danny's invited when I'm out in Uptown, but whatever. Well, we'll, it, what, it is what it is. Well, we won't tell him. It is what it is. He already knows. <laughs> He claims he's joining us on the podcast. Osgood's invited to. Oh, is he? Is it dog friendly? I don't know, but you can just bring him and see see what happens. We've got anonymous Kirk Cousins quotes from around the league here. Let's go through a couple of them when we come back. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. Yeah, I have a question. Yeah, what's up? Why? TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. 
sometimes when I get frustrated and ticked off, um, you know, there's a little more fire there. And uh, it can also get you in trouble if you're not careful. But uh, I think, you know, within reason, it can help you. There's Kirk Cousins, Hour 2 of Mackey and Judd with Rami on Score North and the all-new Score North mobile app, 520. In other news, I've got some good stuff locked and loaded. Are you guys ready? Do you guys got some good stuff? For I, got, I, got, I got one that I'm very proud of. Really? Yeah. All right. Judd, you good? You ready for another oh, news? Oh, of course. We'll wrap with Royce coming up at 540. That was Kirk Cousins right there. And uh, did you guys catch Mike Sando's article? And I know Mike was on Purple Daily today at The Athletic. What Kirk Cousins' contract truly means? Yeah. Can I just say that Mike Sando is has become it's like his brand has become talk to people high up in organizations and get them to crap on players. Yes, right? Quarterbacks in particular yeah. and then uh, and then generate buzz for the next 2 weeks across radio and TV. It's it's an amazing niche. But honestly, I didn't I didn't think this one was crapping on Kirk Cousins. If anything, the the people who we talked to in the article, anonymous executives kind of took up for Kirk Cousins in saying that, you know, he is who he is as a quarterback, but some of the criticism, some of the narrative around him isn't necessarily all that fair, but it, it is it is what it is in, in the NFL when you're a quarterback who has that contract. One quote that stood out to me, Kirk Cousins is no longer Kirk Cousins. He is Kirk Cousins' contract, one exec said. It lends itself to constant analysis and barbs. It's a warning to Dak as much as it is to other teams. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what Joe Maurer became here, too, where your contract leads the discussion and then you as a player secondary to the contract. Um, and Mike Sando, as you mentioned, was on Purple Daily today with Matthew Collar. And this is, should I play the leadership one here? Uh, well, the leader, there is a quote about leadership, too. The NFL manual says, another anonymous executive, we have to start, we have a starting quarterback, we have to have a starting quarterback, excuse me, and call it his team. My question is why? It's frustrating. These guys get the extra role of leadership. It's too much for a lot of them. We are over-pressurizing the position. Hmm. And this is Mike Sando speaking about that part of the article. They don't see Kirk Cousins as somebody that the whole team rallies around for whatever reason. And, you know, just that, that, that he's leading that team. And, you know, remember when he was coming out, people were like, oh, he wasn't really a captain at Michigan State or all those things that are sort of silly. But um, I think that's just sort of the feel that you have. Now then it's hard. I think it's underrated how hard it is to parachute into a new team. It's a veteran team, an established team, be anointed as the highest paid guy and suddenly have it be organic that you're one of the guys and leading the team, right? Mm -hmm. So my hope for him would be that that develops over time and that you see that. But um, it's hard to measure whether that's happening. You know, after when they struggle a couple games, you know, Diggs is trying to get off the team. He's not saying, (laughs) hey, I stand by my guy. Don't attack my quarterback. You know what I mean? And so um, that has to grow. Hopefully that grows together over time. And um, it's not easy, and maybe this, maybe some of that's on him. You know, maybe he's just not naturally a, that type of guy. So the question off that that Rami posed going into the segment here: Do quarterbacks have to be leaders? Do you guys think with the money they make and the position? So so we're like the the dissidence here is: Well, he's a quarterback, therefore he needs to be someone that people gravitate toward. And he needs to be a leader, but he's not really those things. And I've seen so this there's, before, by the way, Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler in Chicago set. I mean, he basically came out and said, "I don't. I'm here to play quarterback. I'm not here to be a leader. I'm not here to rah rah guys or or to 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 lead a group of men. I'm here. I'm here to play quarterback. I'm going to watch game film. 
I'm going to prepare. I'm going to I'm going to try as hard in practice as anybody. I'm going to go up, show up on Sundays, and I'm going to do my job. If you're looking for a leader, I'm really not that guy. And I don't I don't know. Can that work in an NFL locker room? Can a quarterback just sort of resign himself from being in the position of leader? You do need leadership in an NFL locker room. I think it definitely helps if if your quarterback is not that guy. I think I don't know ten years back or so. You probably could get by. I think it definitely helps a ton now. But the difference is this. Jay Cutler, probably to his detriment, but to his credit as well, was going to be Jay Cutler. Like, he was just honestly, I'm Jay I'm smoking Jay. And that was just him. Like him or not, and a lot of people did not. Cousins is fighting a different fight in my mind, and it's a more difficult battle, and he doesn't know how, how to approach it because he's trying to be that guy. Kirk Cousins is the guy who showed up and is like, okay, boys, I'm, I'm the guy, right? And everyone's like, not really, dude. And he doesn't know how, how to accept that. Kirk Cousins is being forever as much coached off the field as on. And he listens to probably too many people at different times. And so I, I think the starting point of this conversation is, and this is something that I don't think Cousins' teammates, we, the public, can answer right now is, who is Kirk Cousins? Like, Jay Cutler was Jay Cutler. And you might not have liked him, but he was Jay Cutler. Kirk Cousins is a guy who's constantly trying to, I'm going to lead, and now I'm going to try and do this, and now I'm going to... Apologizing. Apologizing to Thielen in Kirk Cousins' mind is, okay, now I'm owning this, right? I'm owning this. And we're all like, no, dude, that's not really how you do it. So Kirk strikes me as being perfectly uncomfortable trying to be comfortable. I like the way that yeah it, he it's it's awkward he's he's, he's quirky he's socially um, awkward who, who's it might have been one of you guys or it might have been a soundbite we've played who said Kirk Cousins he acts like he's playing the role of quarterback like he's I've been said that. That, was, yeah. that, was, that was that was Ryan Clark well, yeah. I mean Judd has said it too but like that, he's been that rehearsed, Ryan Clark like he's been rehearsing his whole like life. he has a script he's got what, a script right what a quarterback is supposed to be and he goes yeah. out and tries to actively uh-huh. play that part and it doesn't come off as genuine yeah. Well, and and to the initial question, do quarterbacks have to be leaders? I think for your team to reach Super Bowl levels or for your team to max out whatever its potential is, your quarterback absolutely has to be a leader. And that's what makes me a little nervous here about the Vikings' upside and the Vikings' window to win a Super Bowl is if it's true that your quarterback is not really the leader that you need him to be in this situation. This is about dictating versus deferring in a in a spot where you're being not only paid to dictate, but your position demands that you dictate. And by dictate, I mean you're calling plays. You're in charge of alterations at the line of scrimmage. You are dictating who gets the ball and when they get the ball. I mean, everything runs through you. Imagine, let's flip this to another sport for a second. Imagine if you had a catcher who was wildly indecisive, and the Twins have had a couple of those throughout the years. If you had a catcher who was wildly indecisive and didn't really take charge and like kind of, you know, just like wasn't the most, wasn't the guy that was going to go out and help the pitcher, do you think your pitching staff would be able to max out its capability? Do you think your defense would be able to max out? No. What about get frustrated? Yes. Like, dude, we need more out of you. You need to be a better leader. What about in the NBA? If you had a point guard that just was kind of, I'm going to, I'm just going to kind of defer here. No, like you are dictating the pace and the tempo and where the play starts and who gets the ball. It is your job as a quarterback to be a dictator of the flow of the offense and the communication of the offense. And so 
if you have someone that's not a leader in that spot, it's a recipe for your team to not be able to max out what it should. And you can also reverse engineer and go back. Look at the last X amount of Super Bowl winners. How many non-leader personalities and how how many quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls in the last 20 or 30 years? There's probably a couple that you could point to. And I'm not talking about guys who weren't good. Like Trent Dilfer wasn't that great, but Trent Dilfer was a leader personality, right? Trent Dilfer was a guy that was respected at yeah. the time, right? He had some alpha So that's a really interesting dynamic that Mike Sando's talking but, about with Kirk Cousins. But you have to be comfortable with yourself first. For sure. Like you can't just, you can't be uncomfortable with yourself, but then try and say, but I'm the quarterback, so I. Last year when, who was it? Linval Joseph allowed Kirk to break them down, and Vikings.com's like, here's Kirk breaking us down. And it was completely uncomfortable because Kirk wasn't comfortable doing that, which is fine. I, I think if you're going to lead, the most important thing is, even if you're not Mr. Super Alpha in life, to know what you're doing there. Like, are you comfortable with you? Yeah. And I think Kirk is a socially awkward person, and there's a ton of those out there. This is not this is not like, oh my gosh, I'm perfect. There's a lot of socially awkward people. I might be socially awkward myself once in a while. But I but <laughs> I know he's raising his but but I know that. I know that. And I'm not going to be like, no, I can lead this thing. I know I I, I know my limits and what I'm capable of doing. And I think that if you're going to be Kirk Cousins, the most important thing that he still has not learned yet is where is that line drawn? Which is why you don't go publicly to your to your uh, receiver and be like, I'd like to apologize to you. Because that comes off as insincere and very odd. Here's another soundbite. This is Mike Sando from Purple Daily earlier today. And by the way, Purple Daily, 2 to 4 o'clock on Score North every single day, live on AM 1500, the Score North mobile app. And you can also just search Purple Daily anywhere you find podcasts. Mike Sando talking to anonymous higher-ups around the league about Kirk Cousins. I think what it tells us is that uh, Kirk Cousins is, you know, when I do my quarterback tiers thing every year, He, if he's, if things are going great for him, he's sort of the bottom of that second tier. And if, if things are just sort of ho-ho, you know, ho-hum for him, then he's in that third tier. And I think he is sort of an upper third-tier guy, and that means you can win with him. But you need to have things right around him, and he's not going to necessarily elevate you. He's not going to put it on his back. He's not going to be the reason... Um, you won most of the games. It doesn't mean you can't have big games, but I, I think that the confusion people have is because they paid him at the top of the market. Mm-hmm. And people expect him to be a top-of-the-market player, but it's not really the way the market looks. Look at any other position. Look at middle linebacker last year. C.J. Mosley got $17 million in free agency. He got more than Bobby Wagner of Seattle. Who do we think's better? Right. Everybody would say Wagner's better, right? It's the price of free agency. So that's what Kirk Cousins is having to live down uh, because it's like, hey, you got paid the top. But he was never the top. I don't think the Vikings thought he was the top. They just paid what they had to pay to get what they thought was a better guy than what they had. So, like, obviously the Vikings didn't think – the Vikings were paying for a top three quarterback, but they knew that they weren't getting a top three quarterback. But do you think the Vikings thought they were getting something better than what Kirk Cousins has been the last – well, how many games has he played now? 21 games or whatever it's been. If if they were expecting better, then they they miscalculated. I don't. I I think that there is a room for slight improvement on what we saw from Kirk Cousins last year. If his if his offensive line is right, you get a little bit more out of Kirk Cousins. And if he's in the right system, which he supposedly is in now with Kubiak and Stefanski running things, there's room for a slight improvement from Kirk Cousins. But the flaws that he has, he's had them his whole career. Do guys change their stripes? seven, eight years into an NFL career at the quarterback position, 
Almost never. Yeah, I mean, like Rich, you can point to some examples like Rich Gannon, but sure, there's not, not a ton of them out there. Not a lot of them out there. It's the, the, those stories stand out because they're extraordinary. That's that's why we remember a Rich Gannon type of story or Kurt Warner who showed up out of nowhere when he was in his 30s. But it really doesn't happen that often. Kirk Cousins is who he is, and and Mike put it perfectly. He's a guy who can who you you can win games with. But more times than not, he's not going to win games for you. And things have to be right around him for it to work. I think the Vikings looked at Thielen, Diggs, Cook, and and the skill position players and thought, Kirk's been with a dysfunctional team in Washington. He'll be great here. He'll be fine here. Top three, probably not. But let's say he's top six. That's damn good, right? I also think, and th- this is where problem meets problem, beyond Kirk, the Vikings in that building have how often found good QBs. They just don't. I think they don't identify them. I think they have problems finding them. I think Rick I think Rick thinks he can find them, and that's to his detriment because he really can't. Teddy came here because it was basically Norv that said, let me work with the kid. I'll go uh, scout him again, watch him again. That was Norv's guy, and Zimmer loved him. But as far as, Phil, the overall, this team searching for, for a quarterback – short of one great year of Brett Favre who dropped in from the heavens and left here, the Rick Spielman regime has not found one. And so I, I think the hubris of saying Washington screwed up, we'll take this guy, and we'll take him from being what I would probably call a pretty good QB to being great was probably high and was a miscalculation. And if this was not a cap league, guess what? That's too bad, but you're fine. Mm-hmm. The problem is it came in a cap league, and the other problem was it came in a cap league where your bread and butter is goes to the other side of the football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, the other the other interesting dynamic here is that over in New Orleans, speaking to Teddy Bridgewater, he's now three and zero as a starter, and now they've been playing great defense. He's got some weapons around him, but he's completing seventy percent of his passes, six touchdowns, a couple of picks, and they are they've they've won three difficult games. So, uh, and he's making a lot less money. But you, I still go back to two years ago when they were trying to make this decision. And you, by the way, you and I were on the bandwagon of trade for Alex Smith, and now Alex Smith suffers the gruesome leg injury. And we weren't like, on the bandwagon; we started the bandwagon. We did, yes, we did. Um, we and were it was it was at it was at uh, Super Bowl Radio <laughs> Row. Yes, yeah, we started talking about trading for Alex Smith, and coincidentally, he got traded. I think during Radio Row, we did. Wait, the only that would have been the only realistic other option two years ago. Because I don't think realistically you were going to take a team that went to the NFC Championship game and that you thought was going to come back the next year and maybe win a Super Bowl. I don't think you would have gone into the season with like a rookie that you drafted in the first round. Um, Case Keenum was a one-year wonder. And I know that some people are saying, yeah, but if you would have kept Case Keenum in this environment, no, man, he would have lost his coordinator. I mean, it was just you weren't going to replicate it. And so the only other options realistically were trade for Nick Foles at the time, right? And that would have cost... A lot in terms of draft picks, as he went back to Philadelphia, right. he wanted to stay in Philadelphia. Um, you could have re-signed Teddy Bridgewater, but again, like that dude had not played; he had not played meaningful football since shattering his leg in historic fashion. The only two realist, realistic options were sign Kirk Cousins or trade for Alex Smith, and then sign Alex Smith to a contract extension. And we're never going to get to see how the Alex Smith thing played out because the gruesome leg injury that that he suffered too. So you know we're going to sit here for the next year and a half of this contract, and we're going to dissect it, and we're going to have thoughts on it, and people are going to be mad when Kirk Cousins loses to winning teams, which has been his whole career. But sometimes 
that the the best decision that you can make in the moment, you know, is a less than ideal decision, and that's what happened with the Vikings. I mean, if we're all on the same page, that yeah, it's just like not really working the way that you wanted it to with Kirk Cousins. Here they are. I, I think it's very fair to say by now, though, that I do not trust the current regime at all in finding what we could probably argue is the most important position in all of sports. I have no faith now. Yeah, I don't. I don't go that far because I think Teddy Bridgewater is. I think Teddy Bridgewater is one of the twenty-five best quarterbacks in the world, and I think he's proving that with. Unfortunately, he's not proving it here, and he will continue to prove that with. New I wouldn't Orleans. argue with that, but I'm not. I mean, I think what Judd is talking about is not finding a top twenty-five quarterback. It's finding a top five or a top ten quarterback, a I'm franchise just, type. Of I'm ready for somebody else to take a swing here at finding one. That's my point. Like the Spielman regime is just not. It's not, and the, the Teddy thing's unfortunate. But he's the same guy that identified and thought Christian Ponder was a first round pick, and that's among the worst, worst professional sports decisions probably ever made in this town. Yeah, it's it, that was terrible. Right, I'm much more offended by that than anything. I else think that's Norv happened. found Teddy, and Norv's gone now. So you tell me who's going to find the next guy? Can Norv be a consultant? What's Norv doing? No, no because he and Zim, because he, 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 he is somewhere. Carolina. Yeah, that's but he, right. But he and Zim now are are you know? Yeah, they're not talking enemies or whatever. The problem <laughs> is there. Look at this. Bases loaded, single now. Oh my God. It's this thirteen. It's now thirteen nothing. Bases loaded. Ga- this is a game five, and the Cardinals scored ten runs in the first inning. The so top of the third is thirteen. Now thirteen, thirteen to Atlanta. nothing. Can you imagine being a Braves fan and sitting through this? No. no. A, you can't leave that early, can you? Yes. You think you could? You would leave that early? I well, don't. What, what would you? Well, I, I mean, don't like to leave sports, but yes, but, I would leave right yeah, now. What, what are you going to do? Well, the other problem is, I just saw Roy Wood Jr., a comedian, and he's a correspondent on the Daily Show, tweet out: "This is right in the middle of rush hour traffic. It's, oh. fi- it's five o'clock in Atlanta. Oh, right I now. wouldn't be going home. I'd be going to a bar. So, okay, and I wouldn't right. be not, driving after gonna, that. You're not going to get in your car. Right? No, I'm going to Braves Bar down the street and uh, and but I calling think an Uber. I, I think this new stadium is like not really close to anything. It's I, not. Oh, so, but I think there's bars. You're kind of screwed. It's Bravesville. You're either you're it's either, like Foxborough. You're either sitting miserable there in their stadium or you're sitting miserable in your car. Wait, they I'd call rather it, have a beer in my hand. They call it Bravesville? No, I'm saying that, that it, it's built with, with the same idea that they built uh, the Patriots Foxborough with. Okay. Which is basically the the Braves bought all of this land and built a ton of stuff. Okay. Like hotels and bars. Like I think. a whole entertainment district. Yeah, so yeah. what I'm saying is I'm going to the bar, paying top price, getting royally drunk and Ubering at home. <laughs> I'm not sitting in that stadium watch. It's thirteen nothing. Thirteen rip, man. Yeah, it's a buzzkill. The other game five tonight is going to be uh, on and these very airwaves on Score North. Flaherty, take him out now. Yeah, there's no reason. Bring him back in game two or something. Yeah, let this be a bullpen session. Complete waste. They're down thirteen nothing. Um, so, all right, we're gonna we're gonna come back. Also, in other news, when we come back, but also we are at uh, Stella's Fish Cafe in Uptown. Doing a live recording of Mackie and Jeb with Rami between uh, 6.30 and 8.30 tonight. If you want to come by and uh, you want to hang out with us. Join Mackie, Judd, and Rami this evening at Stella's Fish Cafe from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. in Minneapolis for a special live podcast recording. Hang out with the guys and our friends from Tullamore Dew Whiskey as they talk playoff baseball, Vikings football, and more. That's tonight from 6.30 to 8.30 at Stella's in Minneapolis. In other news, it is time for another news midweek, mid show. Time to take a break from all that hard hitting sports talk we give you here at Score North and bring you some of the more weird and wacky news from around the world. 
I don't know about you guys. I need another news today. After the news, I just totally need, with you. I need some laughs. I need to pick me up. Yeah, and you know this is this uh, Cardinals game. I mean, I don't even acknowledge. It's not helping that. you. It's that's, only thirteen nothing. That's not part of my reality. Okay, John. Right. I choose not to accept that. Yeah. The fact that all these other series went five, including the Rays against the Astros, and they bullpen the game. Like the Rays are doing what the Twins wanted to do, right? And they're doing it better, right? But let's move on from that and have some fun. <laughs> not that that's other so cutting deep at all. This from. <laughs> Uh, Guangdong province in South China? I'm going to go with that. Guangdong in South China. That's what it's called, man. Um, A male cat has been left needing a glucose drip after it mated with at least five females in one night when he was left out of his cage by pet hotel staff. (laughs) Zhao Pi, a Russian blue, was left at the pet hotel by his owners, Mr. and Mrs. Zhao, in Guangdong province in South China. Mr. Zhao said he had specifically told the business that Ziapi, X-Y-A-O-P, I'm going with Ziapi, had not been neutered. I thought they'd be professional, but the staff member didn't feed Ziapi during the day and let him out to roam freely at night, the cat owner posted on social media. That's right. All the cats were free to walk around the shop, and then the employee went home. Between around 10.40 p.m. and 5 a.m., my cat mated with five female cats, and those are the only ones I could see in the CCTV footage. Zhao claims to pet hotel staff, then blamed him for the incident and complained that some of the cat owners weren't planning on having kittens, he said. They had the nerve to be upset with me. They wanted me to explain the situation to all the other owners. My bleepy cat is exhausted and on a glucose drip, and this is my fault. Zhao later revealed the pet hotel apologized and offered to pay for Ziapi's fluid therapy. Boy, boy, that is... Ziapi is... was like, apologize. This is the greatest night of my life. <laughs> give, me that, give me that glucose. I'm ready to go back. Dude, that's impressive. Like, I'm envisioning, like, Lamar, like, remember when Lamar Odom had, like, that week-long one with the bunny ranch? Yes. That's what I'm envisioning yes. right now. Did this start at the Cat Hotel bar? Like, move from there? But to put in work, so you need a glucose trip, man? That's impressive. It all started with a great conversation <laughs> over a bowl of milk. <laughs> Tip of the cat to the news. Give me a double. <laughs> all right, this story from oh, WFTS TV oh. in Florida. Shockingly. <laughs> Danae Morrison, 32, was pulled over by a county sheriff's office deputy after a witness called 911 stating that she was swerving out of her lane while. Uh, on Wednesday night. After pulling Morrison over, the deputy noticed she had, quote, a strong odor of an alcoholic beverage on her breath, and that, quote, her hair was in a nest, her skirt was sideways, (laughs) and her shoes were off. Danae wouldn't take a breathalyzer, and admitting, however, to having two white claws while driving, and added, quote, they're only 5% alcohol. (laughs) Is this real? Did she say there are no laws? Did she tell the officer, officer, I thought there were no laws when drinking claws? I don't believe she said that verbatim, but it was implied. Okay. <laughs> At it that was point, implied. why not? You might as well go with that, right? Morrison, according to the arrest report, refused to take the breathalyzer and said, quote, if I do the breath test, it's an automatic DUI. <laughs> The deputy said, despite because yeah, you're drunk. <laughs> the deputy said, despite refusing the test, Morrison did admit to having a, a, a drink six hours earlier, while two 
while they were driving home, but argued, quote, they're only 5% alcohol. She learned the hard way that those hard seltzer drinks, while they might not taste very alcoholic, they get you too drunk to drive. She was charged with DUI, and her bond was set at $500. Wait, there's no way she had... Two of them. If, if her skirt was sideways, her skirt that's was a, sideways. That's her hair was se- in a nest. That's at least seven white claws. <laughs> By the way, like white claw, five percent. It's more than a lot of beer. Yeah, there's a lot of beer. It's that's more like than 4. a Coors 2. Light. Yeah, it's more than a Coors Light. I it think is. it's more than a Guinness. Right? No, really? Yeah, Guinness, Guinness is, like four, is very, very, low, very mild huh. in alcohol content. Huh. So, in fact, what is a Guinness? Hold on a second. I'll find oh, it. We'll pause the show while Judd looks at the whole volume of a Guinness. Uh, hold on a second. I'm going to find this because I am. I once thought that. Well, I thought a lot of things about that beer that I was wrong about, so I would not talk about them. Well, no, I think. Well, one of, one of the conversations we had about Guinness was that, like Judd. I thought they were best served. Enjoyed warm. his Guinness at 70 no. degrees room temperature. What? I know that's like yeah, how no. they do it in Ireland, but I, I, I yeah. taste it's no, not. No, it turned good. out I was wrong on that. An average, <laughs> an average but beer. Like the funny thing about that is you had had a bunch of of Guinnesses, I, I presumably, yeah, well, cold, but like for yeah, I want it like in a chilled mug. That's how cold I need my Guinness. Problem: my skirt was turned sideways and my hair was in a nest. <laughs> an average beer contains five percent alcohol. Guinness clocks in at just four point two. Yeah, four point two, and it's not fattening either. Huh. Really? It's not fattening. I figured it'd be high in sugar, I, no, carbs. I think, I think a Bud Light has more calories than a Guinness. Really? A Guinness is very low. I mean, it's not fattening, like, compared to, you know, uh, like just, chicken tenders. Let's go with it's not fattening. It's, it's not exactly, <laughs> let's it's not exactly putting you into a ketosis yeah, exactly. stink or anything. Let's let Judd have this. Thanks, Charlie. Let's let him have this. You know what? I'll defend you. Thank you. Cardinal stink. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Open to Judd. In other news, squirrel squirreled away more than 200 walnuts under the hood of a car in Pittsburgh. Holly Persick said she smelled burning while driving her Kia on Monday. She popped the hood and discovered the critters had been storing their food for winter, which they'd taken from a walnut tree in her yard around the engine. The animals had also padded the hood with mounds of grass. Quote, they were everywhere, under the battery, near the fan, her husband Chris Persick told CNN of the stash. The walnuts on the engine block were black and smelled like they were definitely roasting, he added. The, the couple pulled out most of the nuts themselves. Add your own joke there. Mechanics at a local garage removed even more, enough to half fill a trash can from areas of the engine the Persics couldn't uh, reach, reported CBS in Pittsburgh. The vehicle was otherwise undamaged. Huh. And I'm going to show you guys a picture. This is what these squirrels had done, and they did not look at it until they opened the car. Out. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Here, I'll show this to you, Phil, as well. This is an impressive amount. What? That's what the like. The whole engine is filled. Yes, and they had snuck with in. like twigs and. So my qu- my question is, where did they get in? And I well, don't know the answer. To oh, they that. can just crawl up the through the bottom. Through the bottom. Yeah. Okay. The engine is exposed on the bottom of most cars. How that engine did not catch fire is beyond me. That's amazing. Have you that's, guys ever had that's like nuts? <laughs> oh boy. Hey, I gotta go. To, I'm gonna go to Stella's. I'll see you guys later. This is great. In other news, say hi to Roycey for me, would you? Now I'm really glad the Cardinals are up thirteen nothing. Wow. That was dessert. You know, I, I had your back until then. That didn't last very long. I had your back until then. Go Cardinals! <laughs> oh, man. 44-year-old Tina Springer was sent to an Oklahoma a hospital after an accident last week, which involved seven-month-old yellow Labrador Molly. Springer was in the passenger seat of a car when Molly leapt into the center console, spooked by a passing train, 
and caused a 22 caliber pistol to fire. Brent Park, 79, was driving the car at the time and called emergency services in a bizarre call that was released last week. The dog bleeping stepped on it and it went off, said Parks in the 911 call, prompting a disbelieving response from the call taker. The dog shot her, said the 911 <laughs> operator. Parks confirmed that the dog stepped on the gun before telling police she's bleeding pretty bad. She's alert, but she's losing blood bad. I'm trying to find something to wrap around her leg, wow. but she's screaming and all this bleep. Parks is heard to tell Springer, oh, come on, you're tougher than that. I know, before the woman begs Parks to, quote, tell my kids I love them. The emergency dispatcher then talked Parks through fact fashioning a tourniquet from his belt as Springer moans in pain. An ambulance later transported Springer to a local medical center where she underwent surgery and is expected to make a full recovery. <laughs> her dog shot her. That's Dear amazing. News. Wow. I think my animals have wanted to kill me. <laughs> glad that I expect this from a cat. Not a dog. Yeah. I'm glad that Tommy doesn't know how to pull the trigger on her. <laughs> Tommy would. Uh... That'd be a hilarious Instagram post, though, for Tigger and Tommy. <laughs> what we killed Phil? Finally did it. Yeah, finally got rid of him. Phil laying in a pool of yeah. blood. <laughs> We'd like to call Tommy to the stand. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Hashtag murders of Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you get for putting the treats up high. <laughs> this is what you get for putting me in a sweater, Phil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we did be. dress Tommy up as a Viking one time <laughs> with braids. He should shoot you. Why would you do that to him? <laughs> Amazing. Uh, that has been In Other News, where we take a break from the hard-hitting sports talk and twins getting swept by the Yankees and things like that to go over the uh, wacky stories of the week. Mackie and Jeb with Rami, Score North, and the Score North mobile app will wrap with Roycey here shortly after we talk about the best car dealership and service department in the Twin Cities. Now, Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 Brooklyn Boulevard, going on a little road trip over the next few days. And uh, this is the first road trip that I will take with the brand-new 2019 RAV4 XLE that I've had throughout the summer now and early fall. And so, uh, just I think it's it's a it's a perfect vehicle when it comes to the best combination of spaciousness of an SUV and also the handling and the feel of a Camry or a Corolla, the gas mileage. So, um, yeah, we can uh, hopefully uh, be safe. Unlike that Florida story, okay? Maybe uh, maybe don't drink claws in your vehicle with your skirt sideways and get pulled over. It's probably probably a bad idea. Uh, you can test drive any vehicle right now inside. Uh, Luther Brookdale, Toyota, 694 Brooklyn Boulevard. Just, just stop in. They will give you a test drive, and they will show you all the bells and whistles, new technology, safety features, and uh, and you name it. The website is very simple. It's LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Time for the Score North Download. Jonathan here with this hour's download. Join Dan Tara, Callum Williams, Kendra D. St. Ahmed, J.B. Watson, and myself on Sunday, October 20th for Minnesota United playoff action as they host the L.A. Galaxy in the first round of the 2019 MLS Cup playoffs from Allianz Field. Pre-game at 7 p.m. with kickoff at 7.30 on Score North on AM 1500. ScoreNorth.com and the free Score North mobile app with Jay Gruden being fired on Monday. That leaves a head coaching position open in Washington and... Reports out there had Mike Tomlin, the current head coach of the Steelers, linked as the number one candidate by Washington. And uh, well, he was asked about it at his press conference yesterday. Guys, I'm the I'm the court I'm the head coach of a one in four football team 
that's going on the road to play a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback with my third quarterback. You think I'm worried about anything this week other than that? Anyone else? All right. Thank you. You're welcome, I guess, Douglas. (laughs) That was his response to being asked if he was linked with that job. Doesn't seem like it's going well in Pittsburgh right now. That's your score north download. What? That's pretty funny. What is the deal? What is the deal? Why are we actively discussing him going to I don't understand this. Why why is this now a thing right this second when he's coaching a team already? So we want we think he's gonna get traded his rights somehow or Yeah, I mean like, like I think there's speculation he's gonna get fired. Okay. Right? Well there's a lot but of season. That se- hasn't happened yet. But there's obviously. a lot of season left. Like I I'm I'm just the report I saw from ESPN was premature. that Dan Snyder has interest in Mike Tomlin. And I buy that. Okay. And so I think that's all the smoke that there is to this fire. Yeah, and... And why would you want to coach for Dan Snyder, by the way? Well, he's he's from Hampton, Virginia. Okay. He went to college, uh, let's see, William, William and Mary. So all the Braves have a run! Wow. They're cutting Josh it Josh Donaldson. 13-1 to 1 now. Per, Perk's favorite. The Braves are on the board. Here we go. Congratulations. Right, Pat, Pat, the Braves are on the board. It's 13-1 to 1 right now. What the hell happened? I turned it out. It was 11 to nothing. <laughs> yeah, it was 10 I beat you to that. I tweeted that inning. in the first. It was 10 rip. Ted, so this is the same guy that they couldn't get a single off of the other day, right? Fulton Nevich or whatever. Yeah, Fulton Nevich. Yes. Were they pitching him on short rest? No, I don't think so. Well, let's see. It would have been maybe not. Boy, oh boy. Unbelievable. I turned it on. I wasn't watching. I was hacking away here. Hit a wrong key. Lost the column. So I had to start all over again. The entire column? At my age, uh, you can't remember what you wrote. So (laughs) I'm sitting here trying to figure, put it back together. And meanwhile, I turned on the game and it was 11 to nothing. Hold on a second. The second that that happens and you hit a wrong key, hit control Z. I did. Nothing happened. Oh, you probably oh. Didn't, you probably didn't even get to the nut graph yet, anyways, right? So you're good, right? I had just finished. I was reading it, and I, oh. in fact, I went to save it, to email it off the Microsoft, and they went whoop. Oh my god! <laughs> so that's, uh, not, that's good. not good. It was pretty good too. Now I don't know what the hell I'm writing. It's all gobbledygook. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's the way it goes. So Pat Nelson, yeah. Nelson Cruz, those oh. those cheap poll ads are bringing Nelson Cruz back, but it's for less money. Um, Did you hear that? It's for two million dollars less next year. Well, that was because they had a two. They had a fourteen and a twelve. They had that already yeah. guaranteed because they're because they're cheap. Because they're cheap. Well, they should. Uh, you know, they. You know, they. The fourteen and twelve. I don't think that was a hard decision to pick up the twelve million dollar option, was it? Uh, no, no, it was not. But he might not. Uh, you know, when they bring in the Spanish food, when he brings in the Spanish food for all the uh, Latin players uh, before the game, he might have to cut down on that. To say since he's making two million less this year, he might have to not not have as many trays of food when it comes rolling in there before the game. So. Does he does he buy catering for the whole team in the clubhouse? Yep. Oh, that's they, great. That's uh, my type the, of guy. Uh, well, it's for the Spanish guys, but if one of the Yankees wants to get in there and eat it, he can get it too, I guess. So it's it's, it's apparently fairly healthy Latin food, though, which is not uh, normally catered. It helps Miguel out, Pat. Dude, okay, they showed a graphic during that series that that said, and they and they had information in the broadcast booth that Miguel Sano was three hundred twenty five pounds last oh, year. Oh, they said it twenty times uh, that they, that he weighed three twenty is what they kept saying. <sighs> Did they say three twenty five? Three twenty, three twenty five. But they they Phil, they were saying that as fact. Yeah, you know, as as that it was not like 
so somebody with the twins obviously told him that he weighed 320. <laughs> so whatever he weighs now, which looks like maybe 280, sure looks good on him compared to last year, that's for sure. Yes. Whatever shape he was in this spring when he showed up with the uh, with the slash in his heel, I think he had the same weight at the end of the year, which really surprised me. But he looked good, you know, yep. as, as good as he'd looked since he was a rookie, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, did you guys happen to see the Timberwolves shot chart from their first preseason game last night? Yes, I was very impressed. Well, uh, it, was, they, it was threes uh, took, and layups. They took layups and threes. Uh, and uh, they they showed their marksmanship on those threes too, right? That's eight the problem 39. with the shot chart. It looked great in theory, but there was a lot of red X's. That's the problem. Eight for thirty nine. Oh. But hey, we we uh, one of the Timberwolves when I was over there last week talked about how they like long rebounds. Well, they got plenty of them. They got thirty one long rebounds to chase, so that was good. That's the goal, Pat. You told me the goal is miss those shots, get the long rebounds, get the long rebounds, and they also uh, had uh, twenty four fast break points, which was really good. Except they also had twenty seven turnovers, or was it the other way around? Twenty four. No, it's twenty seven turnovers. Yeah. Twenty seven turnovers. Although I guess the has the NBA gone the way of the NFL now, and they want to call traveling on every place so, because apparently there's now this, uh, uh, what uh, what do they call it? A point emphasis, of emphasis. Uh, point of emphasis on traveling. Why would the NBA want to stop traveling? Yeah, I have it, no idea. It's been a rich tradition for 30 years. Why would they want to change it? it what a bunch of idiots. Yeah, because I, this is my argument for the, because there's so many anti-NBA, like they never call traveling. And my response is always, you know, when I watch an NBA game, well, the thing that really, if it was just a little bit more exciting, I, I could envision uh, traveling being called more often. That would oh, be yeah. a missing traveling link. Oh, yeah, would be great. It's like more holding in the NFL. It just creates great excitement. It does. It does what, that, uh, what's happening there? Uh, that, that, that another one of those 82-yard touchdown passes is being recalled because uh, somebody <laughs> over uh, 12 yards away from the play uh, bumped into somebody. We're going to bring that one back, too. That That's a good thing for the game. I think James Harden not being able to take that step and yeah. go back and shoot the uh, three is really a great thing for the league. But do we really think that they're going to do this, Pat? Even if they're doing it right now in the preseason, this is this is this is what leagues do in the preseason. They try and set a precedent to scare everybody. Yeah, but then why if? If all the players know you're not going to call it, then what president are you setting? I don't get it. Oh, I'm not I saying it'll work. I'm not saying it's Apparently, if you're smart. a first- or second-year player, they want you to not travel. But if you're a veteran, then they won't. I don't know. you got to earn it's your ridiculous. ability to travel. Yes. It's your, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, don't waste your time. Uh, Pat, what is your current state of our Minnesota Vikings at 3-2 and two with a home game against Philadelphia this I think this they're week? good. I think they're good. I don't know if anybody – I think defensively, if if they're – if you're uh, not a, uh, if you don't have a big time offensive line, and who does? Maybe eight of the thirty-two teams, uh, you're going to have trouble with these fellows. And uh, the fact that they now have, you know, they have. When's the last time they had? This might be the best safety combination they've had since. Did Joey Browner ever have a great player with him? I I don't know. I mean, this is now that they have a safety to go with. Uh, to go with Harrison Smith, uh, they're great. In the secondary, they got Hughes back. Uh, I think they're good. I, you know, they're. I don't think there's any excuse for them. And if Delvin Cook, you know, stays healthy, you know, he's, he's probably about two weeks from getting hurt. That's but, the thing. Uh, yes. But uh, I mean, I think they're good. 
you know. Now the offensive line, if you're gonna, if you're, uh, if you take the run away from them and then they have to pass and they can't pass block, then but it, you know you got to have a big time defensive line to put pressure on them. I think. Hey Pat, what what were your takeaways from our gathering with the Twins, Brass, and Rocco today? What'd you think? Oh, uh, they were amiable as always, and uh, you know they. I think they realize that they they're only four starting pitchers short at the moment. So they, yeah, you asked that question, and uh, yeah, 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 they got twenty percent of your rotation coming back. Obviously, they're going to have to try to sign Odorizzi, but uh, it's going to be interesting uh, what uh, what they do there. Uh, they don't have to do much with the with the lineup, you know. I mean, they 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 got they got a lot of options there. They they might try to trade one of the guys, but uh, they got they have no problem with position players. But uh, it's hard. To, I know that uh, Tampa. I was I heard that they what, what was the stat last night? They used the opener forty one times, and they were twenty six and fifteen or something. But. I don't know uh, if you you know that might be a solution for the fifth starter, but uh, you guys you still got to go get three more, and I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. I was talking with Derek about it today on on Score North Live, and he says somehow, some way, get yourself five starters, and if Gratterall or Smeltzer or Latell or any of these other guys are ready to unseat one of those five guys, then so be it. Then you just have a, a surplus of pitching. Is that how you go about I, uh, it? Gratterall is a starter. I'm predicting. He'll be a reliever. I don't. Guys who throw 100 and uh, already have had a sore shoulder pitching in the minor leagues of how many innings? He hadn't even hit 100 innings, right? And he had a bad shoulder. I I don't uh, I, I don't know if he's going to end up being a starter. I don't. You know, there's a, such a thing as throwing too hard. <laughs> I think he might. So, although he has already had his Tommy John, so. Maybe that'd work, but uh, I, I wouldn't hold my breath on on putting writing him down in the starting rotation. Yeah, but but if he, I mean, even if he's a reliever, their bull, I feel like their bullpen's in pretty good shape. I don't know if they bring oh, back Romo or not, yeah. but their bullpen, especially if Gratterall is going to be in it, that's, that's, that's bring that's back not Romo. Another lefty. They got to get another lefty for the bullpen. I'll give you. Let me give you a sneaky one that I talked to somebody about. Fifth starter, Dobnik and Smeltzer. As a combination, uh, one one week, you know, depending on the opposition, uh, one of those guys, you know, whether it's a left-handed team or a right-handed team, they start, and then the other guy either can back him up or pitch on the day he would have warmed up if they need him, you know, that had a start. So uh, that was proposed to one of the Twins executives today and not, uh, not dismissed out of hand. So. Huh. All right, I could... I think I, my guess is, well, I'll, I'll say this: I, if they're if they're torn between going and getting kind of a number four caliber starter like Martin Perez, for instance, was, and you're going to pay a few million bucks for it, I'd rather just roll out Devin Smeltzer as a number five starter or Dobnak for five hundred thousand. Just save yeah, it. Yeah, fifth starter. I wouldn't want him to be my fourth, but uh, you know, to <laughs> do, do it at the do it at the back end down there and uh, I, I you know with all the crazy things going on with pitching I, I can see pairing two guys up like that and, and as I say you know if one of them pitches on Sunday and then he's you know his Wednesday's his warm up day and he might not be starting on Friday because the other guy's gonna then you can have him pitch on Wednesday too so yeah. a couple of innings in relief if you need him so. alright so alright Pat you, Okay, Jets. We'll talk tomorrow. See, Thank see you, sir. Right, you remember what I wrote in my column? Call me, will you? We, we will. will yeah, we'll let you know. I'm working on it. <laughs> All right, see ya.
That's uh, Rapping with Royce. You can find his weekly show. It's uh, called Royce Unchained. Rami, I got some bad news for you, dude. What, what's going on? Star Trek just uh, tweeted out a story that the United States could see tight supplies or even some shortages of pork bellies along with ham next year as the spread of a pig-killing disease in China ripples through the global market. What? Yeah, I'm not kidding. That's a bacon right. shortage? A bacon shortage is coming, Rami. No. The car- okay, the Cardinals are you know winning 13-1, to 1 and we're about to I run was, on a bacon. I was just at Cub Food the other day, and they had a crazy bacon sale going on. I'm going to go stock up and just fill up my freezer. The world is turning against you, Rami. It really is. The Cardinals are winning, and bacon is going. I know. What does a crazy bacon sale mean? It was like, uh, like three dollars. <laughs> Absolutely, that's bacon sale. A cut uh, or a thick cut bacon, like a pound Dude, package. You, go, you gotta go back. Bacon? You gotta go back before I think you I'm go going, to Stella's tonight. Yeah, I think I'm going back. Do you cook, I might be a do you cook bit bacon late. frequently? Every weekend. Does this man not look like a bacon lover to you? He does. Like he I, looks like the very it's, definition of bacon. It's lover. not out of the ordinary for bacon to be involved in all three of my meals in a given day. Well, that can happen. It might be now. That can very easily happen. It might be now with that story. Is there anything better than a good BLT? Like just I a was good, just ask you, man. simple BLT. Like just some good toast. Yeah, all that all, mayonnaise, no. bacon, there lettuce, is something tomato, a blat, a, 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 a BLAT. What's that? Bacon, that lettuce, avocado. I've and I've done that. You know what? I've done that. I'm going to give you guys a list of I things. I didn't give it that weird name, but I've done that. that it's called than a blat. Both those things. Okay. That sounds uncomfortable. I'll just start my list right now. Okay. I'll catch up with you later. All right. No, I'm just going to write them down and give them to you. Oh, okay. I'm not going to tell you on right. the air. Okay. I'll you're, tell you on the podcast. You're out on the, uh, the BLAT? Yeah. Oh, I love avocado. Yeah. I love avocado. I'm just saying there's things avocado that are Avocado and bacon is a great things. combo. Great combo. Good call, Mackie. Yeah. Or like you. an English, mu- English muffin with some eggs, bacon, avocado. Oh, oh man. Yeah. A little cream you cheese? some of that. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. How do you keep the weight off? It's just really impressive. I work out till I feel like I'm dying, like five days a week. <laughs> That's how I do it. And then he stuffs himself with 7,000 calories. Does it again. What if Rami, like Rami is really Michael Phelps. Just, <laughs> and he's shrunk? 10,000 calories. He's in the pool four hours a day. Oh my God. Hey, we're going to be at Stella's in Uptown, Stella's Fish Cafe, between 6.30 and 8.30, hanging out and uh, doing a little bit of a Consuming some podcast. of those 7,000 calories. Yeah, we'll see what happens. So come hang out with us. Mackie and Judd with Rami, podcastable, Apple, Spotify, and the Scornoth mobile app. Ladies and gentlemen, let me say this. I have nothing to say. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.